You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Physics Ed Podcast. Glad to have you again for another chat around STEM. And this week, we're talking about one of the most simplest materials you can find in the classroom, paper. Seriously, paper is everywhere. And did you know you can make some awesome STEM projects using this stuff? And Godwin Morris really knows a thing or two about how to make this really sing in the classroom. She is the director of two programs in New York City. One is Dazzling Discoveries, which is a STEAM education center, and she also runs Skill Mill NYC, which is a makerspace and digital fabrication studio for adults and teens. Now, here's the thing. She is also the inventor of Dazzling's cardboard engineering kits and the co-creator of Engineering with Paper, which is really a fantastic resource for teachers because guess what? They're downloadable and very, very useful. Godwin has over 20 years of experience working in STEM, and it's a really great time to have a bit of a chat with her about just what does paper engineering really look like and how can we get involved? This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun, free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Oh, so I do so many things. Um, I run a makerspace in New York City. First, I'm based in New York City. And you can tell from my New York accent compared to your wonderful Australian accent. And I run um, two, I have two physical spaces in New York City. One is a classroom style space and the other is a little bit more of a traditional looking makerspace with all the equipment, the laser cutter, 3D printers, sewing machines, vinyl cutter, et cetera. Um, but it's not a membership organization. It's a, uh, what we call fee for service. So it's meant for the general public because there's not a lot of, um, access for the general public for laser cutting or 3D printing. So people will, this is just a tiny piece of what we do, but we do provide this laser cutting and 3D printing services for people. We tend to get artists, partly because those are the people who know what a laser cutter is and what you can do with it. Um, but we also run a huge program for teachers and students. And in a, both our makerspace and our classroom space, there are two physical spaces that I have. They're one block apart, so we can move between the two of them. Just real estate-wise in New York, I couldn't get them next to each other, but I but I was able to get them a block apart. Um, and bad. so we, yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. It really, it's it's a that's a, it's a funny story how that worked out. But anyway, it is what it is. And I've had that for several years. I've been running an after-school science program in New York for twenty years. And over as that grew, I kept more and more schools. We got bigger and bigger, and then I needed my own physical space, and so I rented one space. And then we, I really, really wanted a maker space. I have to say, there was no good business reason for it. I just wanted that equipment in the, you know, few oh, years ago. And so you just sound like every educator I love. <laughs> And actually, honestly, like God's honest truth, that's exactly what I set my company up to do. It's like, I just want to play with cool stuff. Like, I, I, I'm just a kid. You sound like exactly the same. Right. And that's why I love your website and what you do. And that's how we met because I found you and, you know, I'm 
connecting with all the people all over the world who do this kind of thing. So anyway, I was able to create this space. And so we work with a lot of school groups. They come, they come to visit. We do, you know, in-person visits. Um, I go to a lot of schools. I work with a lot of schools. Uh, and then, you know, this past year has shifted everything a little bit. So we're doing a lot more virtual. Now I'm doing virtual workshops all over the world. Um, it's been amazing. But one of the things, so then we have this physical space and we do things, but what's come out of a lot of my work over the years is something we call engineering with paper. So most people know paper engineering as a concept and that, that's a very common term and we kind of flipped it a little bit so we could create a trademark name so you could identify us. And it's called engineering with paper and you can see it on Instagram and on Twitter and our website. And the, that is a methodology that, that I created with Paula Frisch, who's our assistant director, for how to make almost anything with just paper, tape, scissors. Oh, that's I know. I love this. I mean, like, I mean, we, I could talk makerspace every day, but I must say what you're doing is amazing. And I know you've heard this before from a lot of, a lot of people, because I mean, let's be honest, paper is fairly ubiquitous. We can get this, we can get scissors, we can get tape. Some people may not be able to, but hey, you can fold the paper in ways that it doesn't need the tape. But what you're doing is so accessible and it's very connected into the true STEM process. It's not so much just a, here's my template, let's do the template, then we make the thing based on the template. You're really building the, the building blocks and empowering kids to use those building blocks in ways that they can do themselves. It's really cool. Right, and you're, we were just talking about you being on lockdown. It's perfect for kids at home to be able to make things um, without having to have a lot of supplies. And it's also a really great equity issue oh, yeah. massively so be like so, so so people haven't come across it with engineering with paper haven't been on the side have don't know what could you paint a picture of what, what this looks like for the kids so the kids get gets told by their teacher or their parent hey go check this thing out go 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 go, go get involved what's the initial steps to get involved in this well honestly is it design thinking like how, how do they what are they making to then then make more complex as they go along like what are they doing or what are they, what are they using they're using paper but like in what way right so it's not it's not origami mm. it's it's three-dimensional shapes and it's really simple concept if we teach if i can teach you if i teach teachers then they can teach the kids how to make basic shapes how to make and it's going to sound really si simple cylinders but you'd be amazed at how rare it is that people actually remember to use cylinders to build with. And you can make wide cylinders and tape them together to make structures. You can roll them really tight into paper straws and connect those into structures. So that's just two examples of cylinders. We have, uh, I forgot how many, 28 or 30 different shapes, a track shape, a tray shape, a cone shape, a cylinder shape, a rectangular prism. Uh, there are a whole bunch. And the idea is that I, the, this methodology teaches you how to make the shapes. If you teach kids how to make shapes and then give them a challenge, it levels the playing field. It means all your students know how to get started, which I don't know about in your experience, but in my experience, that is the biggest um, stumbling block. Have yeah, you seen that? There, right, there's some kids 
who know what to do. You give them a challenge, you know, um, make a tower that can hold the book, make a whatever. There are hundreds, thousands of these challenges. But, and there's always some group of kids who already have some past experience that they bring to school or bring, and they they kind of know what to do, whatever. But then there's that other group that looks at you with that sort of, we call it, you know, deer in the headlights in, in New York, you, you know, the, the deer get frozen when the cars are coming and that's how they get hit. That's a, sort of a, an, an upstate New York uh, phrase. Um, but anyway, that kind of shock of, I don't know how to get started. And so then they say, I don't want to do this. Mm. And I don't know about you, but me, my experience is 99% of the time that children say, I don't want to do something really means I don't know how. It means I'm scared, I'm clueless, and I don't want to feel that way. And that's what I don't want to do this really means. So if you teach them some basics, how to make cylinders, how to make rectangular prisms, how to make cone shapes, how to make paper trays, all of these things, and then say, okay, now we're going to build a tower that can hold a weight. They have resources in their, in their minds, in their experience, to draw on and then they can fit. They're much, much, much more um, willing and excited to take on the challenges that you give them. So that's the fundamental concept here. We do have, we, we have downloadable packets on our engineeringwithpaper.com website. Um, some of them are free, we have several free projects and some of them are inexpensive, uh, $5, $12. Uh, the, the only thing that goes, a lot more is if you want to buy the packet that is all the shapes or you want to buy the packet that's all the shapes and all the projects. We do give you projects if you want to follow our projects. Some people just want the shapes. Some people just want the projects. But that's the idea. Is that How does that sound to you? That sounds perfect. And the, the thing is, like, I mean, it's like, I mean, we know about lesson progression, like scope and sequence. So let's start off with the simple stuff and build it up, build it up until the kids can do complex things. But this is really open-ended because, I mean, a good friend of, our, of ours, it is, she is ours, Kylie. Kylie's a good friend of ours um, who who's, does a lot of this work in 2D and you do, you're doing this in 3D, whereby once you understand how shapes work and test late, interconnect, connect, and particularly with your one, articulate, move around, it means that kids can really make whatever they want. Given within within the force parameters that the, you know, their structure can be, but even actually even knowing what um, paper is like in terms of its strength, I know like there's a very a very simplistic thing called the crusher, which is just think of like four pieces of dowel, wooden dowel, and uh, a platform that slides over this bit of dowel and crushes down on things. Uh, and what we do is we simply just get kids to investigate the strength of said cylinders of paper by making different widths, and then you put. Um, we actually use spaghetti. <laughs> we use these packets of spaghetti because they're 500 grams every time and they're really easy. They fit in the crusher thing really easily and they just keep going until the thing crushes. But once they know the strength of their cylinders and which one's the most important, then, okay, yeah, they can apply it to their towers they might build. But I must think, like, Godwin, you mentioned you have like tw uh, over 20 shapes that they learn to build. And knowing that they can make those shapes, you must be able to see some amazing structures. What's, I mean, okay, this is kind of a bit unfair question in some ways, but what's the most complex thing you've seen someone make out of these basic shapes that, you know, given, given the time and breadth to be able to do it, like what have you seen made? Well, we have some very popular projects. And um, so the answer to that question is twofold. One is that we do have some projects that we've come up with, like we make a car. 
completely rolling with the wheels turn car 100% out of paper. So that's what one of our packets. Um, it's actually our wheel and axle packet. So we have a car, we have a carousel, we have a Ferris wheel, um, and we show you how to make those and then kids go off on their own. So kids will often make um, fans that where you make your own blades, um, windmills and, and all of that. So that's sort of in the direction of what we have come up with. And then the other direction in terms of what kids have come up with, one of our probably most popular packet is what we call our roller coaster, yeah. which is incredibly simple shapes. It's either cylinders or rectangular prisms as the, um, the structural support. And then what we call our paper track, which is simply a strip of paper where the edges are folded up so it has little walls. And that track, it's attached. You make a bunch of tracks and attach it to these supports. Well, you can make amazing roller coasters with um, just tracks and you know bending them, you know, placing them in the right way using a couple of supports. Blah blah blah. So, we did a workshop last uh, uh, last February for a school. We had a about a hundred students on Zoom. They all had just paper, tape, and scissors. We taught them how to make the basic supports and we had them make them um, double height. So they were, uh, well, I mean, centimeters, I don't know what it is, but you know, they were two or three feet tall in, in uh, our, our measurements. Um, and then we showed them how to make the tracks and, and then we just sat back and watched all the little windows on Zoom and all the kids were building and they're going. And that's what we've had the whole year is just, kids building, they're looking at their hands, they're looking at their paper, they're making things. They are not looking at the screen. They I just check up, you know, show us what they're doing, but they don't need to be looking at the screen after we teach them the basic shapes. So I love that. I mean, because people talk about um, Zoom fatigue, it's real. And I don't care what oh, platform yeah. you're on, it's very, very real. And that's adults right down to the mini kids. So it's, it, I love any program that engages the hands to do a thing, whatever that thing might be. And I, I reckon the real measure of a program, and I don't care what program it is, is if the students are engaged and they don't require the teacher prodding and <laughs> pushing at them and they're doing it anyway, it, you've done your job. And then it's even better when the kids are then talking to each other about what they could do better, which means then they've got the kids are teaching each other. And now you've got a real ecosystem of learning. It's really, really cool. The, I mean, this is quite powerful when you kind of think about well, okay this is a stem concept you can build you can build the thing and test it i mean you can use this in different ways for example in my brain as a, a science teacher i'm starting to think about well i could i could have kids measure potential versus kinetic energy on this paper roller coaster but i mean i suppose you could almost have someone who loves their history they could use that same artifact the kids build they could go the history of roller coasters <laughs> i don't know whatever it is you could you could do whatever you want or try and actually sculpt something like try, uh, that, that is a challenge. Could you build an everyday object that's got some complex angles and bits everywhere? Could you make the same thing out of paper and you got one hour? Go. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, couldn't you? Yeah, and you're uh, that's exactly that makes that's what we say that this doesn't have to be the end of your process. This is often the beginning of the process. So if you're doing force and motion, which is what teachers often use the ramp and the roller coaster concept to do. This is a great way to start it. Kids can make it at home, give it a and then if you want to give them a second challenge to go find objects at home that they can build a second version or just what you're saying, find real objects or just you can build, you can not build from it, of course, but um, but you can extend the 
the thinking to additional materials, particularly if you have a real maker space, because you could make things out of wood, you could make things out of cardboard. We're not against all of that. We just know that the that it's really, really easy and a great entry point to start with paper, get them to make paper models so they understand the science, exactly what you're saying, and then they can go and build a more complex project if that's the direction you want to go in. We have a lot of teachers who buy our packets and just use that through the year and they never need to build the more complicated um, with more complex materials, but, but it can be. So that's, that's really, it's a starting point, teaching them shapes, teaching them how to, how to connect things. And then you can, depending on what you teach, take it in all kinds of directions. I love your concept about the history. That's, we are constantly trying to get English teachers and history teachers to participate in these kinds of hands-on activities. You probably know that. That's oh. hard for them to see how they can bring that hands-on into their lessons. And it's so critical for kids oh. to understand better. Even just taking it and another side, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, I mean, you could have drama teachers. They could actually create stop motion something. <laughs> for yeah. it, whatever that, I mean, we do claymation all the time. Why can't we do that with paper? Why not? Give it a go. It's it sort of, I like it when you have an intersection between more than one idea. And, and as long as you give it enough time and the kids have a scaffold to build off, so they're not throwing, a bit like you're talking about the, the kid with the deer in the headlights. They're just... I don't know what to do. You've given me no instruction. You give me a pile of paper and some scissors and some sticky tape. I can, I, I can scratch it in a ball. <laughs> but I mean, if we give them the opportunity to do, uh, to actually build off. And I think it's a little bit about permission. Because I mean, I mean in, in my world, I mean, I do a lot of outreach and we, we get to do all sorts of things. And I try to avoid prescription, prescriptive things. It's almost like, sure. you know, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. You, let, look, look, let's make the cake because these are the ingredients. You don't get to use any of the ingredients. These are the only ingredients you get. And here are the exact procedure. Thou shalt not move past this procedure because this is what the cake recipe says. And you get this beautiful looking cake if you did it right. That's fine. Procedural thinking is important. But I like it when kids can be organic with their thinking. If they know the, um, rather, it's almost like programming. Like you got the top-down programming, which is a bit like the cake. This is how to make the cake. Top-down from the hierarchy, the, the authority of the bees of the cake making. Or it can be bottom-up programming, whereby here is the loose rules around how a cake rises. <laughs> you can see I'm rambling. I've had a quite a bit, a bit of a morning. But um, the once the kids know the basic rules, they can then do whatever they want with that cake. And in this case, with the design thinking around paper construction, once they know what to do, it's like, righto, use it as a tool to solve a problem. And isn't that what STEM is in the first place? Absolutely. That's why we created it based on these shapes. Hmm. Because... Once you teach them the shapes, once they understand that they can take that flat piece of paper and roll it, bend it in this way, bend it in that way, bend it in a different way and get different structural shapes out of that, then they, they, that, that just seems to break through that barrier of fear. Um, and then when you say give them whatever challenges, whether it's build a model boat or build a roller coaster or whatever it is, they, they just... They know how to get started. Is that, you know, isn't it the hardest part for the car, right? Going from zero to whatever. That's the part where it uses the most energy. I mean, you know, in a quick, in a quick moment. It's, that's the same issue with the kids. If you just get them started and those simple skills, it's just skill building. You know, you would never expect somebody to build a, a real bridge without having gone to engineering school. 
you need to learn fundamentals about structures, about materials, and about shapes. They use a lot of shapes in bridges. Um, and then you can go design your bridge, right? So, but you still, it's teaching, give kids the fundamentals so that they can build them, build projects based on that. And it's about being creative too. Like, I mean, I, I was just thinking like shapes interconnect. So one thing that's currently roughly important in 2020, 2021, and so on, is the way that medicines are now supporting communities to survive. And it turns out those medicines in some ways are actually really shapes that connect. I mean, we often talk about, you know, the spike protein that's on this particular virus is causing havoc. It's a shape. And yes, there's chemical rules around what that shape won't do, but it's still a shape, like a lock and key mechanism. And so I mean, you, could, you could almost use this in a weird way. And I am going on a total tangent, but you it's could, a fun tangent. I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. You, you totally look at how um, the, the lock and key mechanism works between med medical um, uh New, new things have been designed, uh, drugs, et cetera, that then fit a need and why it targets that particular protein and not another one. And that's actually, it, it is, it really is working in 3D as well as working within uh, the rules of uh, medicine. But anyway, so you could go in different ways, which is really, really cool. So I know that you've got a bit of a conference coming up. Uh, oh, thank you for asking about that. Yeah, what, what's that all about? Um, so do you, are you familiar with Maker Fair? Yeah. Make Magazine. Some people have been to Maker Fairs. They've seen them. It's been a brand. It's been around for a long time. So I am working with the company called Make that produces Maker Fair and Make Magazine. And we are running a conference for educators, September 24, 25, U.S., dates it's it's slightly skewed for, for for australia it's a little obviously you know your your time fits ours um kylie is speaking at the conference uh i think we have her scheduled for what is our just like this i it's nighttime for me on thursday and it's friday morning for you and she's speaking friday evening to our sat to your saturday morning anyway it's september 24 25 U.S. dates, and it's all about how educators can incorporate, better incorporate making and hands-on activities into their daily curriculum, into their daily activities. It's about maker spaces, but it's much broader than that. It's more about just how to incorporate different kinds of activities thinking. We have people speaking about, um, I'm speaking on my paper, I'm doing, a, it'll be a Zoom presentation. So if anybody signs up for the conference, you can actually see our projects in, in real motion. Um, but we have people talking about art, we have people talking about design, we have people talking about how to set up a makerspace, we have people talking about how to do global issues with your students, how to take on real world projects. So the website is make, M-A-K-E dot C-O, which is their main website. And then there's a link for the Make Education Forum. It's on the Make website. Right at the top, there's a black bar in the Make Education Forum. You can go there to register. It's an international conference. It's virtual and it's unique. There's no one else who's done a conference that I've seen and I've attended over a hundred conferences in the last year, because I speak at a lot of them, and I have not seen anybody take on this particular angle where it's STEM and making and curriculum and hands-on and design thinking all in one in one event. 
So please register. We want you all there. Kylie wants you all there. So does everyone else who's coming. Rob Ives, do you know Rob Ives? Do you know who? Um, yes. I do you know? Yeah. So he's speaking. Um, I've gotten very friendly with him. He's one of my he's one of my pandemic buddies. People like you, who I've met in this past year and a half that I wouldn't have met otherwise. But um, I've gotten very good. I've become very good friends with him. And we and just his he's a brilliant paper. He's a brilliant paper engineer. He's it's his his work is amazing. Um, but his is more. Um, follow these instructions, you know, print out, do it this way. The main thing about my work is it's not, we do have instructions. We show you how to put shapes together in different ways to make a car or a roller coaster, but it's still those same shapes. And our work is not a follow these instructions. There's no templates. You're not cutting anything out according to our exact um, instructions. You're, you're looking at this, taking the shapes, putting them together in different ways. And that's really the main, one of the main differences between what we do and what almost everyone else. It's not print this out, cut it out, build it this exact way. It's look at these shapes, think about how to use them. How can you combine them to make these uh, variety of projects? Oh, that's fantastic. And, um, and by the way, how great, I mean, that is the one thing I do like about this whole pandemic thing is it's been a true catalyst. It really has. And so many cool conversations that happened there that wouldn't have happened, or at least they might have happened later on. It's happened faster. So it's, it's always good to look a bit on the bright side in some ways. Um, but I must say, though, I mean, so this, I mean, that is September 24, 25, and that's coming up this year being 2021. Of course, this could be listened to. You might be listening to this a year or two after this. So uh, suggest go to make.co. <laughs> There'd probably be another conference like that uh, at some point in time in the year that you're listening to this particular podcast. Uh, but definitely say, hey, um, if you had some people that are in front of you, just, I don't know, just say they're, um, uh, I don't know, they've been teaching for a while and they want to take, change, change direction for next year's program. They want to incorporate more making and they want to still, you know, address these STEM concepts that are coming at us from left, right and center from different places. What are the first steps to thinking about Right, I want to incorporate making. I want to incorporate STEM. How do I? What's my first step? <laughs> what, what, what would you suggest would be, would be at least initially to take? Well, I think you should um, buy some of my packets because that gets you started at, at a basic level. But the one of the main um, suggestions that that you'll hear from almost anybody who talks about how to expand to include it is to be brave. Mm. Because one of the critical things, and you've said it several times already, is that you have to let the kids be creative. You have to let them go. You have to let them try. You have to let them get a little frustrated. You have to let them experiment. And you have to not have an absolute outcome. And be okay so to fail, right? They just, they need to play. They need to try. So do the adults. I did a workshop actually today for a museum and I had a whole room of, of educators who are going to be working with kids. They were fabulous, but, and they were willing to play. I showed them some basic structures and then they started making their own arches and, and turning the paper in different ways. And that's what you need to let kids do. And I think teachers, some teachers are not, um, they're just not experienced with that what's it called? Controlled chaos. Yes. Right. You've seen that, I'm sure. But that's, yeah. that's what you want to let them. That's what you want. That's where you want to be going. No, I, I agree. I, I love everything what you're saying there. And, and every now and then you can, you can be uh, 
things that people don't expect. I mean, I actually think because you work in 3D. Um, I, I wonder if you could build this. You would know. I wonder. Um, you know, Mobius strips. You know, you to turn the paper sure. once and you get this um, infinite one-sided piece. But there's this thing called a Klein bottle. And I've always wanted to get a Klein bottle. And the Klein bottle looks like a wine bottle where it has a little tube coming out of it. And it comes back through the side of this wine bottle thing. And it ends up at the bottom. And it's really hard to describe in an audio <laughs> situation. But look up Klein bottle, K-L-E-I-N, where a 3D thing suddenly becomes a 2D thing. I wonder if you could do that with paper. I don't know. I just, just think of it. The well, idea is, sorry? Yeah, yeah. Well, a Mobius strip, it's it's the same concept. Mm. I think that I think it all works off the same concept. Yeah. So, which means that the M part of STEM, which occasionally just seems to slide off to one side a little bit, um, it, that, that we're actually looking at topo uh, topology, the, you know, the actual investigation of shapes. Um, yeah, and also we use um, our paper tubes or we make, we have a packet on paper straws and that's been, a, a, that's been very popular with math teachers of mathematics because you can make it's very easy to make the, the um, geometric shapes and particularly complex ones that kids can actually make them. I actually did a workshop for the Museum of Math, which is a New York City-based museum. And I had, can I just tell this really quick story, Please. but it was so precious. I did it on a Saturday. I did this workshop with about paper straws and building them into, um, into shapes, whatever you're making. And I didn't know, I never, I couldn't see who was watching. So it was one of those webinars. And then um, a week later, I was speaking in another conference, un not unrelated, another educator conference, but completely separate. And um, a woman um, pinged me and I, we went into a breakout room and she said, I just have to tell you how wonderful your, your workshop was last week at the Math Museum conference. Oh, cool. um, and she said, I never thought about using, I teach math, I did, um, or maths as some, they say in other parts of the world. Um, I never, I've been trying to figure out what to make the shapes with, having kids build their own shapes. And I never thought to just take paper, roll it up into tubes and let them build with that. She said, you have totally opened up my whole year. This is what we're gonna be doing and thank you. And it was just, it was just one of those very weird moments where I was like, of course it was fabulous, um, but we were at two separate conferences at the same, and she made this effort to, to let me know that just this simple thing and whoever's listening, go do it. Just take paper, roll it into tubes, tape them together. You can make so many things with that. And that's what she was thanking me for. Oh, that's awesome. I love it when you hear about impact stories because that's what keeps you going, right? That's really Absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, you are making an impact. Thank you so much for uh, joining on this particular chat. And uh, really, if you're listening on in, I really recommend that uh, not just go to make.co, which is a very important conference, but perhaps reaching out to Godwin. So Godwin, how would we do that? Oh, so many ways. Um, engineeringwithpaper.com. Um, that is actually housed in what we call our dazzling discoveries, which is actually the name of my company is dazzling discoveries, D-A-Z-Z-L-I-N-G, discoveries, D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R-I-E-S. Probably you won't follow that spelling if you're just listening to this, but it's Dazzling Discoveries. That's the company name. Engineering with Paper is under that. They're both the same website. If you call, go DazzlingDiscoveries.com, EngineeringWithPaper.com. It goes to the same place. Um, we are on Instagram under Dazzling Discoveries. We are on Instagram under Engineering with Paper. I highly recommend that because you'll see lots of photos of projects. It's the best way to see our 
library of, of projects. Um, where I am on Twitter under Engineering with Paper, Dazzling Discoveries, and then under my own name, which since this is a podcast, you're not going to see my name, so I will spell it. It's G-O-D-W-Y-N, Godwin Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. So I'm on Twitter under my name, Engineering with Paper, Dazzling Discoveries, or Dazzling Disc, I think it's called. Um, but the Instagram is probably the best. And then our website, dazzlingdiscoveries.com. You can reach me at info at dazzlingdiscoveries.com. All of those, all those different paths all lead back to just to, to me and my, my very tiny group of, of people. I work with two other people in my, in my organization right now. It's uh, awesome. And yet you're reaching many, many people, which is really, really cool. And as usual, we do put these notes in the podcast show notes. Uh, by the way, uh, you can also Google it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, pretty, I reckon you're pretty fine and pretty fast. Uh, but look, uh, hey, thank you so much, Godwin, for joining me. Um, I know that you're going to smash out of the park with Kylie Burrett, by the way, if you're ever wondering who is Kylie I'm talking about. If you want to look up what Kylie gets up to, look up splat3d.com. Uh, actually, Kylie and I hung out on this podcast earlier on, oh gosh, early last year or something. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Whenever it was, uh, you'd be able to find Kylie. Uh, I'll put that link into the show notes as well. Just out of, if you're purely interested about what she's getting up to, because Godwin and, um, and Kylie hang out and, and rightly so, because you're both about making and making STEM to really shine. So uh, look, thank you so much for uh, joining on this podcast and have a fantastic evening. Thanks. I just wanted one quick oh, mention sure. that you, you and I are both participating in a Twitter spaces we are. Um, series and it's sort of podcast, sort of live action. So I'm sure you should tell your your audience about Yay. it more. But but that starts in September and it's going to be monthly. And Ben will have one show. I will be having a different show on a different date. There's a whole schedule. So make sure to put that up in your notes also. Because that's absolutely you're right. So uh, that's hashtag K20 Innovates is that particular Twitter spaces thing. So uh, if you look up K20 Innovates or K, even K20 will probably get you there. Um, and um, you'll see there's a series of Twitter spaces being held uh, by a variety of educators around the globe who really are passionate about what they do. And uh, you can chat, with, not just chat with them, share what you know. And, uh, and that becomes a share space where educators can learn from each other because that's what it's really all about, right? And totally. Yeah, uh, awesome. You're right. I, I will put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Godwin, again. Have a fantastic evening. And um, hey, I'll catch you in one of those Twitter spaces at the very least. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. Sign up now for our fortnightly email newsletter. It's loaded with details on new experiments you can do, STEM teaching articles, new gadgets, exclusive offers, and upcoming events. Go to physicseducation.com.au. Scroll to the bottom and add your email. Well, after that chat, I reckon it's really worth having a bit of a go at creating some paper engineering challenges for your students. I mean, the kids are going to expand their spatial and fine motor skills. They're going to learn about sustainability because, hey, we've got to recycle this at the end. And they're going to have a bit of fun in the process. So seriously, it's well worth having a look at getting involved with engineering with paper. So again, just go over to the website, dazzlingdiscoveries.com, and you will find all of that information. So I hope you enjoyed that chat with God when I certainly did. And uh, have a think about how you can incorporate some design thinking and some engineering challenges in your classroom using some simple materials. And hey, 
paper's around. It's going to be around for a while, and we can definitely use it to do some great stuff. So uh, that's enough from me. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom from Physics Education. This is the Physics Ed Podcast, and I hope to catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au